back to Psalms chapter 23, and I'm going to finish up with the last two verses, number 5 and number 6, in uh, the message that the Lord gave me about Psalms chapter 23. And uh, this will be the third and uh, the final part of this uh, series of sermons that I've preached uh, from Psalms chapter 23. And uh, it's been over a long period of time. Uh, We had different things going on, and then the Lord dealt with me in a little different direction a couple of weeks ago, and I preached something else. And then last week we were privileged to have Brother uh, Jackson here with us, and it was such a wonderful move of the Lord. Great message from God. Amen. Enjoyed him being here with us. Psalms chapter 23, verse number 1. We'll read the whole chapter. Uh, You don't have to stand very long. It's not but six verses long. So, verse number 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verses number 5 and verses number 6 is where I'll be preaching from this morning. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's give the Lord some praise before we're seated. God, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings. Thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have to be in your house, to worship and to praise, to magnify and to lift up your name. You are a good God. You are a great God. And we come to lift you up today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Psalms chapter 23 has, uh, we have heard this from uh, a very uh, early age of starting Sunday school. You that have been raised in the church have heard this all of your life. And probably one of the first chapters that we were ever taught to be able to quote. Very, uh, very familiar passage of scripture. As I was reading this, the Lord impressed some things on my heart and I started uh, putting something together and I figured out right quick that I couldn't get up to it all in one, one, uh, one Sunday morning, so I split it up and uh, for all, you don't have to say thank God out loud, but you can thank God because it's went on, this will be the third, or the fourth Sunday actually, because part number one took two Sundays to cover. Um, but in preaching, you just get kind of interested in something and, and uh, one thing leads to another and when you're preaching, you think of a lot of other things that you could be preaching about. And instead of sticking with our subject title, sometimes we preach on those other things that we think about. But in the Word of God, it is full of, of great things. And uh, we, uh, there is two different interpretations of who... Uh, was the author of Psalms chapter 23 and uh, the time period that it was written and then what it was talking about and what it was referring to. And we have kind of taken this from the setting that David was the author of Psalms chapter 23. And uh, some would disagree with that, but some would agree with that. So I have kind of set who agree with that David was the author. And David was a man that was at the time that they say that this was written was a time where he was in exile. He uh, was being pursued by uh, King Saul. 
So it was a very difficult time in his life, a very uh, trying time, a very discouraging time, a time where he was uh, fighting uh, many different battles and uh, the battles not only in the physical and the physical strain, but the mental battles and then not only mental battles, but the spiritual battle that was going on of wondering why and how come and what for. And all of our lives today there has been situations that occur and uh, problems that, that happen in our life where we, I, I know, I know that we are not supposed to question God, but pretty much all of us have asked God questions before in our lives to the fact of, God, I don't understand. God, I don't know why. I, I don't know how come. I don't know what for. I don't see any purpose. I don't see any rhyme nor reason for what is going on in my life. And uh, although that's not a good thing to do, we're probably all guilty of it. I myself, I'm guilty of it. Just confess right now. But, but uh, in, in God's setting and in God's time and in God's purpose and in God's plan... There are things that, that we go through and, uh, and uh, areas in our life that, that we face that we might question and say, how come? But God has a purpose and God has a plan. And what we have got to learn how to do is to stay in the perfect plan of God and allow God to lead us and allow God to direct us and allow God to to keep us in his way and in his plan and and just allow ourselves to rest comfortably in the word of God. And the word of God is simply this that he said he would never leave us and he would never forsake us, but he'd go with us all the way even unto the end of the world. How many believe that scripture today? Amen. How many has found that strip, that scripture to be proven true in your life? You've been in difficult times. You've been in difficult situations. You've had difficult problems that happen. But God has always been there for you. And let me tell you this, that no matter what you're going through at this present time, God is still the same God. Amen. And God is still going to go with you. And God is still going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Amen. So the scripture that we would like to start off with this morning is, Thou preparest a table before me. And then where does God prepare a table before you? He prepares it in the very presence of your enemy. In, in uh, this scripture setting today, if you could imagine David in a hole and uh, uh, a place of trying to find safety, a place of trying to find escape, and a place of trying to find rest from Saul, the anointed we have, the anointed king of Israel and Saul, and the anointed to be king of Israel in David. We have a king, Saul, that is jealous of David. And so he is pursuing him. And uh, so David, not trying to fight against the anointed of God, tries to escape his wrath. And in trying to escape, he is wondering and he is, he is trying to figure out the plan of God. Now God, you anointed me to be king over your people. Why are you allowing this king, this present king, to hunt me down like an animal? And so he is in a hold. And then in the midst of this hold, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the tragic time in his life, God just seems to prepare a table in the presence, where where does he prepare the table? Not only a table with plenty, but a table in the very presence of his enemy. 
And what this is suggesting that, that, that God, that, that God is able and not only able, but willing to prepare a banquet of food. And God is not lacking in His ability to prepare it or His ability to feed His people. And sometimes the devil would tell us, well, God doesn't have the ability. Our God is not concerned. Our God is not worried about your need. But I'm here to tell you today that no matter what you are facing in life, that God always knows, that God is always concerned, and God is always able, and God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. You see everything there? God owns that. And God is still able to be able to prepare you a meal in the very presence of your enemy. Amen. So in the midst of David's running, in the midst of David trying to escape, in the midst of his turmoil, God just is able to speak peace in the midst of the storm. We find that, that this is true in Acts chapter 12. We find a story that is presented to us that, that, uh, James was caught and he was put in prison and, and Herod had killed him and because, uh, that he was preaching the name of Jesus. And then it satisfied the people so much that he had went out. Herod had captured Peter and he had Peter put in prison and the next day, he was going to take Peter's head from off of his shoulder. And this is what the Scripture said in verse number 5 of the 12th chapter of Acts. It says, But Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter, what was Peter doing? He was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Now, what was the greatest miracle? Was the greatest miracle that God was delivering Peter from the prison? Or was it a miracle that God gave the apostle Peter Freedom and peace in the midst of the prison. Here Peter is. He knows what's going to happen to him. It's already happened to his brother James. And so Peter is kept in the prison knowing what the morning would bring. And what is Peter doing? He's just resting comfortably in the arms of an almighty God. Amen. What is the greatest miracle? The greatest miracle is not just God being able to deliver him, but in the time of distress, in the time of trouble, in the time of knowing what you are about to face in the morning, that God is able to speak peace in the midst of the storm. Amen. See, what I tell you today is that God may not always deliver you from the storm or out of the storm, but in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your trial, God is able to prepare a banquet feast for each one of His saints. Amen. I come to tell somebody today that Psalms chapter 23 would relay the message to you that no matter what you are facing today, and no matter what you are going through today, that God has a feast table spread in the very presence of your enemy. Amen. You just stay faithful to God and you stay committed to God and you keep holding on to God's hand and God is going to give you rest in the midst of the storm. God is going to speak peace in the midst of your troubled time. Amen. Amen. So here Peter is. Peter, they're going to kill you. No need to worry about it. I have seen people that that sickness has come against their body. 
And uh, I, I have talked to them. And uh, some of them says, well, whatever, whatever God would have, whatever direction God takes me, I know that God didn't bring me this far to leave me. I've talked to others that, that just seem to go to pieces at the very sign of hardship or the very sign of trouble. Amen. But, but what I, I serve God for is, is that when there is trouble, Amen. Trouble's going to come. No matter if you're living for God or living for the devil, you're still going to have trouble in your life. Amen. But I serve God that when trouble surely comes, Amen, there I have a God that is able to speak peace in the midst of my trouble. Amen. Like Psalms chapter 23, David said, I was running for my life. Amen. I was seeking a place to hide from Saul. But when I found a place to hide, God always had a feast prepared. Amen. God always gave me strength. God always gave me help. Amen. I come to tell somebody today that help is on the way. Amen. There's a banquet feast on the way. That deliverance is on the way. That peace is on the way. Amen. That help is in the hand and in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah in the very presence of mine enemy. Amen. I, I look at people today that, that, uh, they have trouble. There is, there is people that, that seem to think that everyone is against them. Amen. They're looking for the perfect place. They're looking for the perfect place of happiness and the perfect place of rest. Let me, let me tell you today. In, in, um, every marriage, there's going to be days where you're going to have disagreements. Y'all can go ahead and say amen. You know, you know, it's true anyway. And, uh, in, in life, there is going to be days where it's not going to be just hunky-dory all the time. Amen. There's going to be trouble that's going to come. I, I, look, I look at people that, that some people seem to dwell in their trouble. And some people, you ever... I, I, I told you a little story a couple weeks ago about my hunting experience... Uh, when I was young with my daddy. And I, I look at people that, that always look for boogers and look for problems and look for trouble. And, and uh, they always, if they, if they see somebody whispering to someone on this side of the church, they're all the way across the church, but they know without a doubt those people's talking about them. They know they're discussing them. And, and, uh, they, they know that so and so don't like them. So and so may not know it, but they know, they know that they, they understand that they don't like them. But, but the person that they say and don't like them may not even know that they don't like them. They hadn't been told that yet. And, and, but, but people seem to, to look for these, but I, and I can't, I can't get spiritual when I come to church because I know somebody there don't like me. Well, let me tell you that, that, there, there might be somebody here that don't like you, but, but the, the odds are it's, it's very few, if any, and, and probably you're, you're looking at, at boogers that's not really even there. And, uh, see, I, I just come in here, I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that everybody here loves me. That, that there ain't a soul here that's ever been aggravated at me that everybody here loves just what I'm saying all the time nobody here's ever disagreed with me amen that's the way I approach it because if I don't I sit around and I look for things and I, oh man I'm scared to say that and I'm scared
scared to do this and scared to touch that. Amen. But what you need to know that no matter if there is somebody that's against you, amen, when you walk into the house of God, God will prepare a table in the very presence of your enemy. Amen. If there's somebody that's wanting you to fail, they can't make you fall. If there's somebody that's wanting you to quit, they can't make you quit. Why? Because we serve a God that's bigger than the adversary. We serve a God that's more powerful than the devil. And in the very presence of your enemy, God will give you a shout in your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we serve God that is able to, to provide us a banquet feast in the very presence of the enemy. Amen. How? That's the reason why when we come into the house of the Lord, we get our mind on God and our mind off of the things that are around us. Because the table is going to be spread, not sometimes, but every time in the house of the Lord. Amen. God's going to spread the table out. And He's going to give you peace to sit down and eat from that good godly book. Amen. That's going to give you spiritual strength. That's going to help you make it through another day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we move. To the sixth, or the sixth verse, the sixth and the final verse of Psalms chapter 23. The scripture said, and, or excuse me, I'm, I'm on the wrong one, excuse me. Thou anointest, let's go back to the following, to verse number five. Thou anointest my head with oil. He anoints my head with oil. Perfumed oil was poured on the heads of distinguished guests back in biblical times. We find this so when the woman came in at Simon's house and began to anoint the head and the feet of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When he had failed to do so, this woman done so. They begin to say that she's unworthy, that she's an unholy woman. But what they failed to do, this woman did. And so it was, it was a known custom. But, but when I look at, at this Scripture, as I look at it from the area of David writing this, he said, Thou anointest my head with all. I look at David when his mind goes back. Now David's in a cave somewhere. And his mighty men are there. And you know what David's mighty men were? They were a rough, motley crew. They were men that were running from the law. They were men that had failed to pay their taxes. They were men that had trouble with the government. And they were joined up to David. So here David is looking at this one and he has big old bushy beard, long hair and little beady eyes. And he said, boy, that's what I'm linked up with. And he looks at this one over here and he's got, he's got a turkey leg in his hand. And he's chewing on it like a caveman. And he's saying, boy, that's what I'm linked up to. And uh, this is not exactly what I had in mind. The day that I was anointed to be king. In David's mind, we find that David, the scripture said in one place, this was after he was king, that, that he was in a hole and the garrison of the Philistines had come against them. And David longed for a drink of the water of the well at Bethlehem that was at the gate. And this was a place where David come from. This was a place where he was 
raised as a child. Amen. This is the area where he was anointed to be king. And I, I don't think that it was necessarily the water from that well that he was longing for. But it was the memory, it was the presence of God to feel what he once felt the day that he was anointed. And David was remembering at this time in his life as he was in a place of horror and he was in a place of distress that David was longing to go back to the time. And he said, God, I remember the day that I was tending to my sheep, minding my own business. And you called by the prophet of God. And the prophet of God looked at me and took the anointed oil and poured on the top of my head. And you anointed me. God, I didn't ask for it. God, but that's what you anointed me to be. Let me feel that anointing all over again. Amen. There is times in our life where we face struggle and face problems and we desire and long for the anointed Spirit of God all over again. But I want to tell you in the midst of your distress, you can do as David did and you can make your way to the house of God and say, God, I just got to feel it all over again. God, I've got to experience it all over again. And that same God, that real God, that powerful God, that mighty God, that victorious God is able to anoint you all over again with His sweet anointing presence. Amen. Thou anointest my head with oil. Then, you not only just anoint my head, God, but you make my cup run over. Thou hast not only given me an abundance of food, but thou hast filled my cup with the very best that you have to offer. Amen. I, I look in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10, the Scripture said, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Now you didn't think I could preach on tithing from Psalms chapter 23, but a preacher can pretty much get on that any time from any Scripture in the Word. Bring all your tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat and wine or, or meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, and I, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you, that there shall not be room enough to receive. Amen. I want to tell you that when you're walking in the plan and in the will and the commandment of God, that God is not, His storehouse is not lacking in what He is able to provide for His saints. Amen. That He will not only give you a little bit. Amen. To make it through the day as Gideon was threshing wheat to hide it from the Midianites just enough to make it through the day. God said it's time to come out from behind the wine press. I've got more in store for you. I want to tell you in your life, in your problem, in your distresses, God, God is going to open up the storehouse that He'll pour you out a blessing that you are not able to contain. I want to tell somebody in this house this morning, God's got a blessing in store. God's got a miracle in store. God's got a blessing that you will not be able to contain. So when God begins to pour out His blessing upon you, that it does not just stop with you, but it begins to, it begins to spill out upon your family. It begins to spill out upon your children. Amen. I look at the book of Job and it tells a story of a great man and how that he loved God and he served God. And it did not stop with just him, but it began to spread past him. It began to flow out of him. And it began to get on his children. It began to get on his servants. Why? Because he was blessed by God. And everybody that got 
contact with Him was enjoying the blessings of God. Amen. It's, it's bad to be linked up with people that do not have the favor and the blessings of God. Amen. That's the reason why you as a saint of God cannot have all your dealings with those who do not serve God and do not know God like you know Him. Because what they're doing will bubble out and get all over you. Amen. What you want to do is link up with good saints of God and good godly people. Amen. That has the blessings and the favor of God. Amen. To where it just flows out of them. Amen. It's good to get around someone that dwells upon good things and dwells upon godly things and loves spiritual things of God. Why? Because when you walk away, you feel like that you've been blessed. You feel like that you've been lifted up. Amen. Why? Because it's not staying in that container. But God is pouring them out a blessing that they are no longer able to contain. And it begins to flow out and touch everyone that is around them. I tell you today, that's the way the church is. That God not only feels this church, this cup, but when He feels this cup, it begins to bubble over and it helps the community. Why does a community have the blessings of God? It's because good godly people. Amen. You see, so many times you sell yourself short. Of what God is able to do by just you. Young people, you sell yourself short on what you have in your possession being a Holy Ghost filled young person. Amen. Instead of fitting in with those who are around you and going along with the status quo, when you walk down the hallways of school, the school can be blessed. Why? Because you are holding a blessing that you are not able to contain. Amen. The people that you come in contact with, it begins to affect them. What happened to David? Gruff, gruff men gathered around him, but the good things that was in him begin to flow out of him onto his men, and they become mighty men of God and mighty men of valor. Why? They had a mighty, a a mighty spiritual leader in their life. Amen. I want to tell you today what God has placed in you is bigger than what you are. Amen. It's bigger than what your family is. It's bigger than what this church is. And God wants to continue to pour it out and affect people that you come in contact with. That God is able to pour out a blessing that you are no longer able to contain. Amen. Put God to work. Amen. Trust in God. Believe in God. Try God. And see if it won't work. That there shall not be room enough to receive your blessing. To where those who are around you gets to enjoy the blessings of God. Then we move to verse number 6. The scripture says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And because goodness and mercy is following me, because of the blessings and the grace of God, what shall I do? Amen. I am going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. As I pass through the valley of life, the writer says, Thy goodness and thy mercy shall follow my every step. As I proceed, so shall goodness and mercy follow me. There seems to be a spiritual connection here between goodness and mercy as David is talking about to the rock that Moses struck in the wilderness that followed the children of God. Amen. The rock that he's smitten to draw water out of the rock. 
that followed them, that followed the Israelites. Amen. Goodness and mercy is right there all the time. Amen. The Scripture says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 22, it says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because His compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore I will hope in Him. What is the writer saying in Lamentations? He is saying, surely the mercies of God every day that I wake up. Amen. The mercies of God is new every day. Amen. I am so thankful that the mercies of God every day that I wake up they are fresh they are new they are there for the children of God I want to tell you saint of God that the devil is tormenting your mind that you can't get help that you can't get forgiveness that the mercy is no longer there the mercies of God is new every day amen the mercies of God is strong every day the mercies of God is there every day. Amen. It's following you every step that you make. There's a mercy. There's a grace of God. Amen. That if you stumble, the mercy and the grace of God is able to pick you up and put you on a firm foundation again. I am glad for the mercy of God. Hallelujah. 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 Till they came to the promised land. That rock followed them. Amen. Followers. When God's followers are in need of miraculous miracles, they're always there. And they shall never be wanting when they are necessary. And then the Scripture said that I would dwell in the house of the Lord. Mm. Amen. There, there's a lot of people that after they enjoy the blessings of God and the mercies of God and the glorious, miraculous miracles of God, they seem to no longer need the house of God. And they seem to no longer need the, the, the church any longer. But David said, God, after all of this you have done, after all these miracles that you have performed, after all the things that you have given me, and after all the blessings that you have put upon me, he said, my desire is, is to be in the house of the Lord. Mm. Because the house of God is where I find help. The house of God is where I find hope. The house of God is where I find peace. The house of God is where I find safety. The house of God is where I find strength. The house of God is where I find spiritual food. The house of God is where I find the help that I need. Amen. The house of God is where I find my friends. The house of God is where I find a place when I am ravaged by the storm of this life that I find a place of peace and safety. I want to tell you today, my desire is not to leave the house of God, but my desire is to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life. Amen. The writer said that I was glad when they said unto me what to let us go into the house of the Lord I wonder this morning does anybody have that burning feeling down inside their soul that says God after all that you have done for me God after all of your miracles God after all of your blessings God after all of your help if you would just let me dwell in your house God don't Take me from your house. Amen. I see the things that David was missing the most. He said, I can't wait till I get back to the house of God. Amen. I, I tell you, my week is messed up when I don't go to the house of God. Amen. My life gets messed up when I don't go to the house of God. But my desire is that I could dwell 
in your presence, oh God, that I could just feel your spirit. God, some way, somehow, let me feel your presence all over again. Some way, somehow, God, when I raise my hands, could I just feel that gentle touch? Could I just feel that precious spirit by dwelling in the house of the Lord? Amen. When you look at the Jews that were carried captive into Babylon, when the time come that they were allowed to go back to their country, their desire was is to rebuild the wall and then to rebuild the temple because they were missing the house of God. That I could just dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. What David was saying said, I wish I could come there and never leave. I, I look at people today and, and uh, they would come to the music, I'm getting ready to close. But, but we have a fear of the preacher preaching too long most of the time. But then, when the preacher gets through preaching and the service is dismissed, I, I wait around and I wait on people to exit the building. And they get to talking and they get to fellowshipping and they get to having a good time and they get to laughing and cutting up with one another. And we sit and we wait and we talk and we think and we, we visit and we associate with each other and we're waiting on people to leave and we, we have to come in here and say, okay, I'm turning out the lights where everybody can go home. The party is over. Everybody out of the pool. It's time to go home. And so we start turning out the lights and they, they just making their way down the aisles, just taking their good old time. Why? Because it's just something about the house of God. That when you have a love for the house of God, you, you ever, you ever, I, I, I moved away from home and, and when I would go back home and mom and daddy would be there and my brothers and sisters would be there and I'd start to leave, there was just something that was hurting in my heart and I'd just stand around in the den and I'd, I'd walk around on the, the concrete outside and I'd get in the car and out of the car. I just hated to leave. Why? Because there was something there that I loved. There was a feeling there that I enjoyed. And I want to tell you today, the house of God is just the very same. That when we come to the house of God, there should be a feeling there that, that says, I want to enter and never leave. I'd just like to go there one day and just be called on the glory from that place because that place is where I experience this feeling that I, that I enjoy. I know you can feel the presence of God at home but there's nothing that's ever going to take the place of coming to the house of God that has been set aside dedicated for the glory and the worship of God Amen I want to tell you saints of God when you need help come to the house of God when you're in trouble get to the house of God when the devil's after you come to the house of God there's victory Hallelujah. 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 Let's all stand today. Let's give the Lord some praise in this house right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on church. Let's worship Him this morning. Thank you for your blessings God. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your help. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for my friends. Look at your neighbor and say, Thank you, Lord, for my neighbor. Thank you, Lord, for that beautiful lady or handsome man that you blessed me with. Thank you for those great friends that you blessed me with. Thank you, Lord, for the food that you placed on my table in the very presence of my enemy. But God, thank you for the church. Thank you, God, for this place that I have 
to come and to lift up and to magnify your name. Amen. I'm reminded of a story, kind of comical story, and I'll end with this, but but there was a man in my daddy's church. He was kind of small of statue and had a large mouth for the size of his body. And he was in an argument with his neighbor. I think he had done something to the neighbor's dog. And so the neighbor was quite a large man and he'd come to the door of this man and like to rip the door off of his trailer, come outside. And the man, he had cracked the door open, looked through the window shades, now I ain't coming outside. So who did he call? He didn't call the law, he called my daddy. And so my daddy and another man got in a vehicle and they drove across town where this man was. And so my daddy was, he was a pretty good sized fellow and this man that was with him was even a lot larger than he was and they stepped out of the car and this man standing on the porch of this little guy's house and he's trying to get him to come out. And man, when daddy and this other man steps out of the car, the door flies open and this guy steps out. I tell you right now, and he was giving him, he said, yeah, you coward, you. When your buddies get here, you want to come out. When they wasn't here, you wanted to stay in the house. And so we are like that about the house of God. There's been times where I felt down. You ever had a day where you just felt like, the devil has beat you over the head with a sledgehammer. And you're just walking around feeling, man, everything that can happen is happening. And everything in the world's going wrong. And I don't have any peace and I don't have any hope. And it's hard to get your head up. But when I get to the house of the Lord and I swing open the doors. And I see my brothers and sisters there. I kind of flex my muscles a little bit. Don't want to do that too much. I'll rip the sleeves out of my coat. <coughs> kind of flex my muscles a little bit. My head kind of goes up in the air. Why? Because when I get to the house of God, I know, I know devil, and that's what the devil tries to tell you. No need to go. You ever had to do No need to go to church today. No need to go to church tonight. No need, no need to even worry about going. You, you're a failure, so no need to go. Why is that? Because the devil knows that when you make it through those doors, there is something that's going to get stirred up on the inside of you. There's a fight that's going to come back in your spirit that says, God, I didn't think I could make it. But when I got to the house of the Lord, <coughs> what did the writer say? He said, my foot almost slipped. I was nigh to destruction. I was almost gone. He said, when I seen the prosperity of the wicked that looked like they didn't have any problems, that looked like they didn't have any trouble, that didn't look like they ever had a worry in life. He said, I was almost gone. But where did he go? Woo, but when I went to the house of God and I swung open the doors of the house of God, Something begin to be energized on the inside of me. I want to tell you today, somebody's been fighting the devil of distraction and destruction. Somebody's been fighting the devil that says, give in, throw in the towel. God don't mind. God don't care. And God has forgotten about you. But you remind the devil right now. Devil, I'm in the house of God. You see, you see where I'm at. You see where I'm at. God, look at this. Look at this. Look at this devil I'm gonna live for God I'm gonna serve God why I've made it well I've 
feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost today. God's wanting to help somebody in this house right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I made it to the house of the Lord. I've made it to the house of the Lord. I, I wonder, I wonder if anybody in this building right now has just felt that in your spirit. But bless God, you're here this morning. Woo! The devil said it's over. The devil said it's finished. The devil said there is no hope. But what did you do? You got your carcass out of bed this morning. You got on your Sunday to go to meet and close. And you pushed open the church house doors. And what is God going to do today? God is here to give you strength. God is here to give you help. God is here to give you encouragement. You don't have to leave church like you came in. There's deliverance in the house of God. As we lift our hands toward heaven right now. As the church steps out from where you're standing. Make your way around this front. I wonder if someone has experienced what I'm preaching today. But you've made it to the house of God. Oh, you made it to the place of help. You've made it to the place of safety. My buddies are here. My spiritual help is on the way. My deliverance is in the house of God. Where did I find help? I found it in the house. Amen. Where did I find deliverance? I found it in the house. Where did I find love? I found it in the house of God. Where did I find help? I found it in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you oh, want, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you need. Yes, Lord. Whatever you need. Oh, Jesus. God's got it. Whatever you want. My God's Hallelujah. got it. God's everything that you need. Whatever you need. My God's got it. Whatever you want. My God's got it. God's everything that you need. Why don't somebody lift your hands to the Lord right now? Your help is in the house of God. Your strength is in the house of God. Your deliverance is in the house of God. Your mercy is here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, whatever you need today. God's got everything. Whatever you want, my God's got it. God's everything that you need. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you want, my God's got it. God's everything that you need. He'll be a friend when friends are gone. He'll be there for you. He won't leave you alone. He'll give you peace in the midst of your storm. He'll be there for you with open arms, a helping hand. God will lend. He said He would go with you to the very end. Whatever you need, whatever you need, my God's everything. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you want, my God's got it. God's everything that you need. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands toward heaven and magnify Him right now? <laughs>